Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Hey, welcome back. We are on episode seven. Just to give a little bit of background, when I was in the planning stages for starting a podcast, I did some crowdsourcing on a doctor Facebook group. I asked if there was a podcast that could help you with burnout, what topics would you want to be covered? I got tons of responses, not surprisingly, so the list is pretty long. From time to time, I'll be talking about some things from the list. Working below your pay grade was one of the suggestions for a podcast topic, so here we go. What does it mean, working below your pay grade? Well, since I didn't do follow-up conversations with anyone who gave me suggestions, I'm going to be making some assumptions, but I'm pretty sure I know what they're getting at. As doctors, we've gone through extensive training. Our training gives us the skill sets to be delivering the highest level of care. We evaluate, we diagnose, we treat, we perform procedures and operations. If we spend our day doing exactly these things, we're performing at the top of our skill set. A system designed to maximize productivity and satisfaction would have everyone working at the top of their license. To use office practice as an example, check-in, check-out, and scheduling would be performed only by clerical staff. Rooming, taking vitals, verifying information such as confirming meds and allergies, drawing blood, filling out forms, serving as chaperones, handling specimens, all of these would be performed by medical assistants. Nurses would do none of those things. They would assist with office procedures, provide direct patient care, educate patients and families, and perform triage. Doctors would examine, diagnose, and treat. Now, obviously, this is a very oversimplified view of how healthcare works, and I've left out several key team players, but you get the idea. If everyone was working at the top of their skill set, everyone would feel challenged and needed which would keep them engaged and invested, and all of those things give a ton of job satisfaction. A leader that I worked with in the past had this vision, and it seems to me like this is the ideal we should all strive for. Now, for most of us, it's just not our current reality. The question of why our systems aren't built this way is way outside of my scope of knowledge. I mean, I can think of some of the reasons. In office settings, it may be that acknowledging the full scope of an MA's capabilities might be a relatively new phenomenon, and it takes some time to offload tasks that were formerly done by nurses to MA's. Also, MA's are often working while they're attending nursing school, and therefore they will not be in that role for more than a few years. And health systems might not have the appropriate financial incentives to maintain MA's, so there's probably a lot of turnover for that role. All of these things lead to nurses continuing to do tasks that do not need a nursing degree, which then makes them too busy to perform true nursing tasks, which means doctors may be doing some things that nurses are capable of doing. Or maybe your health system doesn't have adequate nursing support in the first place. I'm sure there are tons of reasons, but whatever the case may be, many physicians feel burned out because of the burden of tasks they're performing that are not directly related to patient care. This is the reality we're working with right now. Today's podcast isn't focused on how to fix the system, which of course is the most important thing. 
we're going to focus on things that you can do all by yourself to improve your own environment and position yourself to advocate for change. When thinking about this problem, the first question I think we need to ask ourselves is what specific tasks do we feel most bothered by and why? Now, don't go with your automatic answer for why. Really think about it. Think through your answer and decide whether you like it or not. Remember that you get to keep whatever thoughts and beliefs you want if you think they're serving you well. Or I guess you could keep thoughts and beliefs that aren't serving you well, but I'm not sure why you would want to. Anyway, once you have your reasons and you like them, the next step is to ask yourself is, could you change the situation if you really wanted to? The answer to this is yes, more often than we admit to ourselves. Obviously, it isn't always yes, but sometimes it is. Here's an example. Recently, I was coaching a client about his feeling of frustration with his administrative assistant who made repetitive mistakes despite repeated instructions. So the client felt he just had to do the work himself. Sounds pretty frustrating, right? I think many folks can sympathize with this general phenomenon. But stop for a minute and think about the belief that he has to do everything himself. Is that really true? Doing tasks himself is one option, but he definitely has other options available to him. He could ask the administrator's manager if more training is possible. He could communicate to the manager his expectation that there be administrative support who can correctly and consistently handle the tasks as listed in the job requirements. The manager could be creative about reassigning certain tasks among staff. As an aside, I saw a great example of this once. A department had two administrative assistants, and they were originally each assigned to perform all of the admin support for their designated doctors. So they each had a couple doctors that they were assigned to, and they were supposed to take care of everything. It became clear that one of them had a talent for scheduling and planning, but struggled with disseminating communications, and the opposite was true for the other administrative assistant. The team changed their assignment strategy so that the one who was good with scheduling did it for all the docs in the department, and the one who was better at communications handled all of the communications. It was a huge win for everyone, and it was really such an easy and obvious answer, but it did take a little bit of creating thinking to realize, hey, we could actually change how we do things. But anyway, that's not always an option. Sometimes someone is truly not suited for a job they were hired to. If that's the case, you could advocate for asking for them to be replaced. If you're in the situation and you're not doing these things, again, ask yourself why and whether you like the reason. Maybe it's because you suspect that confronting the problem will be uncomfortable. Well, that's probably true. Is that discomfort worth it if the long-term outcome is that you no longer do someone else's work? Now, sometimes it might not be. I had a client in a similar situation, and for this doc, once we sorted out all of her thoughts about these things, we determined that she was choosing to continue doing the work herself because the employee in question had some serious social and financial issues, and she liked the employee so much as a person that she didn't want to take the chance of potentially causing her more struggling. That's a pretty altruistic reason. But keep in mind, it's also assuming that we know what the future holds for someone else and we know what's best for them. What if getting asked to resign from a job they weren't doing well turned out to be amazing for someone? 
What if they were miserable in it, but couldn't get up the courage to try something new? What if this gave them the impetus to pursue something that made them way happier? I have no idea what would have happened. The point is that none of us actually know what the outcome would be for anyone. So my client was choosing to keep the actual discomfort of doing extra work herself in hopes that it would avoid the employee experiencing some theoretical discomfort. We all have situations where this is what we stick with for whatever reason. And when that's the case, when you fully recognize and take responsibility for the decision, it's a little bit easier to drop the resentment. I do this quite a bit, to be honest, because I'm a control freak and a micromanager. There are tons of things I do myself that I'm 100% certain I could be training someone else to do, but I don't. So anytime I feel myself getting annoyed by it, I can remind myself that I could offload this anytime I want. And if I'm not doing that, why on earth would I bother being annoyed by it? Also, anytime I want to change my mind, that option is available to me. And it really does help. The other area I think it's good to examine is when you don't like your reasons. For the purpose of illustration, just humor me for a minute. I communicate almost all test results to the patient myself. I would say probably about 90% I take care of and maybe the other 10% I ask nurses to do. Here's my first reason. My workflows for communicating results, even mildly abnormal results, are so streamlined that it would be more work for me to ask someone else to do it for me. Literally, most I can do in seconds. I zero out my inbox every day, so there's never clutter in there, and so the whole thing takes me maybe a few minutes on most days. My second reason is that I have an internal story that I am self-sufficient and being self-sufficient is a good thing. During med school, I was exposed to a fair number of attendings, mostly older folks, who either were or pretended to be helpless so that other people would do things for them. I decided way back when that I just wasn't going to be that kind of doctor. I like to know how things work and where to find things. I like knowing that I can get stuff done and I don't need to rely on other people, at least not all the time. I have an internal belief that it's a little bit ridiculous for adults to pretend they don't know how to do things that they do every day. Now, before you get all up in arms, I also recognize that my thoughts and beliefs on the subject are a little bit ridiculous too. And there's nothing wrong with having an established office workflow that's different than mine. And I recognize that there are probably things that I delegate that I'm perfectly capable of doing myself. If your internal belief system is that communicating results is not your job and that belief system is working well for you, keep it. We're all allowed to believe whatever we want. The reason I bring it up is that I do know that some folks ask their staff to communicate results for them and also feel a little bad about it. They worry that they're adding to an already strained system. They ruminate a little about handing over something they could do themselves quickly. So this is what it means to not like your reasons. Whenever you're continuing on a pathway that you don't truly agree with your reasons for doing, you're going to cause yourself some discomfort. And that discomfort is optional. That's the good news. You could get rid of that discomfort all by yourself, one of two ways. You can either change your actions to be concordant with your current belief, or you can change how you think. Either one will work. It takes a little bit of working through to figure out which option is going to suit you best. 
asking a lot of whys can be helpful here. You might uncover some sneaky thoughts you didn't even know were there. Okay, what if you're in a situation where it seems like there really is no other option than doing the work yourself when it's work you feel would be better suited to another team member? So let's say you're a surgeon and you perform a handful of operations and the post-op restrictions are almost always the same and the amount of time off is almost always the same. The kind of thing where filling out the FMLA forms does not require your medical decision-making or input because it's pretty much standardized work. And what if your office doesn't have a nurse to fill out those forms, so you're doing them yourself? Most likely, that would cause someone a lot of frustration and maybe some anger. That frustration and anger might be blocking you from finding a solution. If you can set it aside for a minute and ask yourself to be really creative about it, what might some other solutions be? Could you train an MA or a secretary to fill them out and then all you would have to do is check over their work and sign? What if there's truly no one else in your office who can do them? Could you do a time study where for a month you time yourself every time you're filling out forms and you get a tally of exactly how much time you're spending on this and use that to calculate how many new patients you could have seen instead and how much revenue could have been brought into the system by those new patients and their surgeries. Now you might be thinking, but I shouldn't have to do any of this. The system should not be set up so poorly that we're in the situation in the first place. And someone else should know that this is a problem and should be working on it. I agree with all of these things, but they aren't. And if no one else is fixing it, and you might be able to, wouldn't that be better than just continuing on in the same way out of principle and hating every minute? Okay, well, what if you've done all of those things and probably a lot of other creative solutions that I haven't thought of, and the answer you get is still no. Now what? Well, what happens next is up to you. You can choose to stay in the job. You could leave. You could keep looking for solutions until you find a yes. If you stay in a job that has an aspect you don't like, be really clear with yourself about your reason. Maybe you're supporting an underserved population and that mission is so important to you that you decide you're willing to work with these inconveniences. Maybe you really love your coworkers and want to keep working with them. Whatever your reasons, you're going to be much happier if you take responsibility for the decision to stay rather than telling yourself you're stuck and there's no other option. And when you can't currently find a solution, but you're staying anyway, it's probably not helpful to allow yourself to resent it every time you do the work that you feel should go to someone else. Maybe a more helpful thought in this situation would be, I'm doing this for now, but I'm gonna keep asking other people. I'm gonna ask outside my institution. I'm gonna crowdsource it. I'm gonna keep working until I find a solution that gets a yes. Or you might think, this is my situation for now, but I'm gonna keep gathering data and represent it in X amount of time. Or if you really wanted to, you could change how you think about it and decide that the work is no big deal but only if that's what you really wanna do. All of these are valid options and none of them leave you feeling stuck. And if you give it thought and your decision is not to stay because you just prefer to work in a system that has more support in place, well, you get to do that too. And if you do, 
it's probably not helpful to tell yourself that you had to leave because things were so awful. That had to takes away your agency. You don't have to do anything. You're an adult. You can do whatever you want. I really think it feels better when you tell yourself that you made a choice to change jobs because you value your own well-being so much that you refused to stay in a position that wasn't suited to you, rather than thinking, I had to get out of there because everything was awful. It might seem like splitting hairs, but trust me, this really matters. If you stay in your helpless story that you had no other choice, there is a decent chance that this is going to crop up for you again in the future. And it's just not true. You're in control and no one can take that away from you. On that note, we'll wrap up for today. As always, thanks so much for joining me. If you're interested in examining some of your own issues with work responsibilities, come visit me at whitecoatlifecoach.com. Any opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.